are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, they were facing a dark hour. I would that we had time to talk to you about the gathering of the Philistines, and they were always typified in the Bible, enemies of God's people. Now, if you think when you get saved that you're not going to have any more trouble out of the devil, mister, you're in for a shock of your life. I never did have any trouble that I got saved, and he's hounded me ever since I got saved. But one of these days, the trumpet's going to sound, and I told my wife all I wanted to do is turn around and kick him one time, holler, glow, and leave out. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. We'll be leaving out. So it's blessed. Praise God to know the Lord. But here it's a dark hour. The Philistines had gathered to fight with God's people Israel. And I want you to notice, and for time's sake, I'm going to begin reading with verse 8. The Bible says, and of course this is the story of Goliath, He's a type of the Antichrist. You say, I don't believe in the Antichrist. Well, he's coming. He's coming. But when he comes, I'll be gone. Hallelujah. Amen. But I got news. I'll be back. Praise God. Amen. You're saved. You're coming back. Enoch said, we'll come back with 10,000 saints. Hallelujah. You talk about 10,000 times 10,000. It'll be a great time. But uh, Goliath, he was, you know, over nine feet tall, had six uh, fingers on his hand. Six fingers, that's the number of man. And six toes on each foot. And uh, he was a type of the Antichrist. And he came out against the people of Israel here. And I want you to see as we begin reading in verse 8, as he stood and defied the armies of God. The Bible said, And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants. Now notice, and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Now, I want you to look back with me and underscore. I just underscored it in my Bible. Give me a man. Not a sissy, but a man. God's not looking. Listen. For these little compromisers and back scratchers and ear ticklers, brother, God's looking for men today that'll stand up, look the devil in the eye, and preach like they've never preached before. I get so tired of hearing some of these fellows apologetic, you know, get up and afraid they'll hurt somebody's feelings. Brother, when you pour the gospel down and dynamite, I want to tell you something's going to move. Amen? Now, you'll either get in or get out and get run over one when the man of God begins to preach the word of God. And so he said, you look for a man. I tell you, I want to say this and then I'm going to pray. I believe that all men ought to teach young boys how to be young men. And if they look like a little girl, cut their hair and teach them how to be a man. Say amen right there. Amen. I believe that. It's pitiful. It's sad today. When you don't know whether when you go in the department store to buy them a pair of trousers or a dress, you're in bad shape. Did you know that? And some men ought to teach. Men ought to teach the boys to be men, young men. And then the ladies ought to teach young, young girls to be ladies. Are you listening to me? Ladies! I tie it's time that ladies teach young girls how to be perfect little ladies. They used to. I, I remember it. When I was a little boy, well, 
Their ladies taught the girls how to be ladies and ladylike, not to walk down the street and, oh, like you see them. It's pitiful, isn't it? It's sad. It really is. It really is. I'll tell you, a fellow asked me the other day, he said, what about this screeching crowd? I said, well, that don't bother me, but I said, if I was ever standing on the street corner having me a big board in my hand, and one of them streakers passed me, I said, bless God, he might not wear any clothes, but he'd wear a blister when I got through with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we need to recognize. God said, give me a man. Now let me say this and I'm going to pray and get right to the message. Listen to me. God always uses a man. Now remember that. Not an organization, but a man. If you'll keep that in mind, God will bless you. God uses men. God calls men. And never a crowd, you know, you'll get in trouble, brother, if you get all these XYZs in your church and they try, brother, God has a man to lead the people of God. Always. Always will. God had a man for this camp meeting. God had a man to lead the inspiration. God has a man in your church, and he's to be the under-shepherd of that flock. Amen? And preacher, if you're not the under-shepherd, they'll lead you around by the nose of the to. Say amen. Hell to. But I want you to underscore this with me again, and I'm going to pray and bring you the message. And he said, give me a man. Would you bow for a word of prayer? Our Father tonight, we thank you for this camp meeting. Oh, God, for this great work that you've done. Oh, so wonderfully blessed. Our hearts rejoiced, our Father, when we heard Brother Sammy say, the blessing after blessing had come. Oh, God. I think about how you bless this uh, this group, this congregation. When I think about how you bless this camp meeting, Lord, I praise you for what you've done. And I pray that you'll lead every man that shall speak at this platform. Oh, God, in doing with power that he may speak as a dying man unto dying peoples. I pray that we may recognize that we're holding in our hands eternal destinies. And I pray that you'll charge and supercharge every preacher and every layman, every precious little mother that's come in this uh, tabernacle tonight. Uh, every young person, God, uh, I pray that the challenge will ring out tonight. Uh, and may we leave here saying, uh, by the help of God, I'll be God's man. Uh, I pray that you'd uh, give us a man to stand in the gap uh, and make up the hedge in these days. Uh, and our Father, tonight, I pray if there's one here, a preacher that's about ready to put his Bible on the shelf, uh, if there's a preacher that's uh, discouraged, uh, that he doesn't even know whether he wants to go back home, uh, I pray that somehow tonight the gift of God will be stirred in his bosom, that he'll rise and go back and take a new stand for the Lord Jesus. And our Father will thank and will praise because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, tonight I want to speak to you on give me a man. I don't know of any challenge so great as the challenge of give me a man. Now God's man is a peculiar man. And God's and beloved knows that he's saved and right with the Lord. He has the right relationship. I said one day this. I said, God never calls certain men. And you say, what do you mean? First, he never calls a coward. I believe if you're God's men, bless God, you'll go into that pulpit. Look the devil in the face and preach in these days, as you, as you said. He never uses a, a coward. And then secondly, God never calls a copycat. There never has been, never will be. God wants you to be just who you are. And I believe this tonight, that God's looking for a man. Let's go back, and I want to show you the challenge. The Bible said in Goliath, the champion of the devil came out in the valley, and he said, hey, 
folks over there in Israel, over yonder on the hill, uh, give me a man that we may fight together. And if I prevail, uh, you fall down and uh, serve me. Uh, but he said, if you prevail, uh, then we'll go and serve you. Uh, and so on one mountain was God's people, uh, and on one mountain oh, was the devil's crown, uh, and down in the valley was the battlefield. Uh, and you do know that crowd was scared uh, why God's people trembled, uh, and they shook in their boots. Uh, they didn't know what to do. And the giant gave out the challenge. Give me a man that we may fight together. And there wasn't no such man seemingly. But I want to tell you something, mister. Every age, in every challenge, brother God has answered that challenge. Hallelujah. And you put it down. God Almighty will always answer the challenge. And God will always produce a man when it comes time. Brother God, in the darkest hour, will raise up a man to stand in the gap and make up a hedge and be the man that God Almighty would have him to be. Now somebody said, Preacher, what happened? They couldn't find a man over there, but God said, That's all right. I got a little shepherd boy over here, bless God. He can take care of lions, he can take care of bears, and he's not afraid of giants. And I want to tell you something now. This was going on. God spoke to that little boy, and David said, "Sure, I'll go home." And his son and his daddy said, "David, I want you to take this lunch down to your brothers." Said they're having battle. See what you can find out. Little old David had a prophet twig in his mouth, singing something about the glory of the Lord, and he got a lunch in his hand. Started out, and when he got pretty close, he heard the rumble of battle, and he said, "What is this that I hear?" Am I hearing the armies of Israel being defied this day? Am I hearing God's people being mocked? Am I hearing the slander of God's people in this hour? And old David walked up there and King Saul said, Don't make so much racket. It's like a lot of you folks that testify. Bless God, you're afraid. Open your mouth and let it go. It's like some of you preachers. Bless God, you're afraid. Lift up your voice and be heard. Above the child. But somebody said, Preacher, what happened? David stood there and said, Who is that big old bird? Standing down there and said, Why, who is that bird? He said, Don't you know? He said, No, sir. He said, He's Goliath of Gaza. And he can take a man and turn him to pieces. Old David said, Boys, I didn't come down here to fight. But bless God, I'm always ready. Any time that God has a battle, any time that's a fight. David said, I'm ready to fight. And I can hear Saul say, well, now, David, you're just a boy. He's asking for a man. And little David said, well, I'll tell you what do. Let me have a chance at him. Said, I remember when a lion came by, and I took care of him by the power of God. And a bear came by, and I got him with a chin. <laughs> and he said, I gave that goatee up here. Bless God. I want to tell you something. Little David is standing there, and about that time, I can see him say, okay. I'm ready to go out and tell him to the giant. And he put a helmet on him and Saul's armor on him. And he gets all bogged down with that big old sword. And he said, you'll have to take this off. This looks like the Baptist program in the average Baptist church on 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. He said, bless God, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, said the Lord. He said, all you've got to do is to give me a slingshot that I brought along. I'll take care of the giant. And old David, little old David walks down to the brook and picks out five stones. 
tongues. Lady asked me one night, said, why did he pick out five, Brother Means? Was he afraid he was going to miss? I said, no, ma'am. He thought the giant had four brothers. And he did all of them, praise God, while he's taking care of the job. And little David picked up those five stones and walked out and he said, hey! You little dog, who are you coming up here? And David said, let me tell you something, mister. You don't know. I've been over there in the hills, and I'm fortified and blessed and strengthened by the God of Israel. And he said, I want to tell you something. I come in the name of the Lord, and you don't have to worry, sir. I'll take care of you and everyone like you. Bless God when the time comes. And David puts that rock. In that little swing, and the Bible said he went around three times. I believe David was a Trinitarian. He went around once for the Father, and once for the Son, and once for the Holy Ghost. And brother, he threw that swing, and hit that giant in the forehead. And the Bible said the rock sank in his head. And David walked over and said, victory in the Lord. And praise God, put his foot on that giant, took the sword and chopped off his head, and came marching back, and said, fellas, if you got anything else, I can do while I'm over here. And somebody said, Preacher, let me say to you, my friend, as sure as there's a God in heaven, God's always had a man. You don't have to worry about it. He's still got him tonight. Every man hadn't compromised. Every man's not giving out sugar tips. Every man, bless God's not busy, not scratching an ear, tickling, and compromising with the worry and the crowd today. Brother, Stop some men. They'll say, oh, preach it like it is. And tell it like it is. Somebody said, preacher. Oh, yes. Listen. I want you to know God's always had a man. Let me show you quickly. And we'll start back in the Garden of Eden. God made himself a man. I don't believe in this tadpole bullfrog. That man came from a monkey. Some of them may act like it. But bless God, it didn't come from a monkey. I was created in the image. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. And I've been recreated by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and placed in the family of God. And what a blessing that is. Listen to me. Boy, back there, God put me in there. And he saw he was alone. And he couldn't fellowship with animals. And so God let him have a deep sleep type of death. And from his side, the type of Jesus, he took a bride. And he said, bone to bone and flesh to flesh. I'm the death do thee part. And that's why Adam bit that fruit. And that's why Adam fell. He wasn't deceived. He knew exactly what he was doing. But when the sin popped up, and the devil popped up in that garden, that little paradise of that beautiful paradise was made a place of sin. And tonight the curse is still on this world. But you wait till King Jesus comes back. And praise God, the curse is going to be lifted. My Bible said in the knowledge of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And it's going to be a blessed time. Now you put that down. Somebody said, hey preacher, you believe it literally is going to rain? I do. I got back, I got back from Jerusalem a couple of three weeks ago. And I was over at David's tomb. You ever been over there? It's on Mount Zion. First time I was over several years ago, I went in. And you know, I just hollered anywhere. I'm saying. The preacher got up yesterday in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and he said, one thing about me, he said, he's the same everywhere he is. I believe, bless God, you ought to be the same. I don't like these blow hot, blow cold, in and out, up and down. I believe, bless God, what you hear, you ought to be at home where you live. And what you're at home, brother, you ought to be the same when you walk down the street. I was in Jerusalem. 
And I don't apologize. If you don't like shouting, well, it don't make any difference to me whether you do or not. Don't interfere with me, brother. I've been a shouting since God saved me, and I've got news for you. If you look me up 10 million years from now, I'll still be shouting, Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. I want to be giving praise and honor for what God Almighty has done for me. And I went in that place, and there's a rabbit. Of course, you know, he'd have been popper in Atlanta. Long hair and a beard. One standing over here on the side of the tomb, long hair and a beard. And he's going, blue blim. And I don't know Hebrew. I don't know much English. Well, that's Hebrew. And I didn't know those signs had to be quiet. And I was standing there looking at that and all at once. The Holy... Did you ever have the Holy Ghost just to squeeze that heart? And I want to tell you something. I got the tingling all over. And it's like I got the tingling all over. The Lord reminded me in the book of Luke where it says, And he shall inherit his father David's throne. And I stood right by that tomb and said, Go it's a God in the Lamb forever. And as I said, Go it's a God and the Lamb forever. One old rabbi came over and he said, Blue, blue, blue. And I said, Blue, blue yourself. Praise God. How do you believe this? How do you don't believe it? The Son of God is going to rule and sit on David's throne. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And you don't have to worry about his children. I'm glad he's going to do it. Whoa, the cross will be lifted. But when sin came in, well, oh, the devil put his fingers on his suspenders and said, God, I messed up your little paradise. I wrecked your little man. Now, what are you going to do? And then this great verse, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. That the Lord Jesus was to come. And she conceived and bare a son, or two, and two sons, Cain and Abel. And she said, I've got a man child from the Lord. She probably thought, here he is. But you know, they grew up. One was a modernist, and I'm sorry for a blood denier, and I'm sorry for men that can't believe just what the book says. Amen! Bless God, we need to believe it and stand upon the precious word of God. But I want to show you something. The devil came in and said, Okay, Cain, you can't go that old religious way. Oh, beloved, let me tell you something. I'm glad it's a little old mountain boy. I had a mother that used to tell me, son, listen, Jesus died for you. And on the third day, he got up for you. And 40 days later, he went up to heaven for you and sat down at the right hand of the Father for you. And one of these days, hallelujah, he's coming back again. And brother, you want me to tell you something? I'm glad I... Had a little mother like that. And they will forget when she was lying corpse a couple of years ago. I told all the fellas, I said, we could get out of the room just a minute and let me talk to mama just a little. I don't say. I, of course, if I ever do, <laughs> I'm going to beat Archie. He'll have to sit on the back row, praise God. But I said, now get out. I want to talk to mama just a minute here. And I said, I know she's not here. So they closed the doors and I walked over to mother's coffee. And I reached down and put my hand on and I said, Mom! I said, I want to thank you for living for Jesus. I want to thank you, Mother. I never saw you smoke a cigarette. I never saw you in a pair of shorts. Mama, I want to thank you that I used to hear you pray in the midnight hour. You say, why, Brother Lisa? My little mother used to go in, bless God. Little, you, you call it utility room. We call it a junk house when I was a young one. But she'd go out that old junk house and stay about an hour and a half or two hours. And then she'd come in waving that handkerchief, singing, I've just heard from heaven, and it's all right now. And you talk about it getting good. And the blessings of God coming. Father, it was real, and God blessed us and stirred us. What a blessing it was, was it? And I stood there and looked in her coffin. And I said, Mama, I've never sung, but I want to sing a stanza of a song. And I stood there and sang, I'll meet you in the morning. 
by the bright riverside and we'll sit down by the river. <laughs> you say you're getting excited. I plead guilty. Thank God. I'm getting excited about the resurrection and the reunion and the time when we'll see the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a and I'm going to be excited. Somebody said, preacher, oh, you remember this. See him popped up and the first man became a murderer. And I see Eve. She goes, she never seen a dead man. She never, she never picked up a man who wasn't breathing. She never, she never seen that. She picked him up and said, Abel, speak to me, Abel. And she, she remembered what God had told. And then, brother, it looked dark. I hear the devil say, hey, God. That boy that with the blood we are killing. That the Bible said she conceived and bare another son. And his name was Seth. And I imagine she held him up and said, Devil, here he is. The Lord Jesus is coming down through the lineage of Seth. And thank God he did. Secondly, not only back in the Garden of Eden did God produce a man, but back in the days before the flood. And Jesus, you say, well, why? Talk about the flood means in the 70th chapter of the book of Luke, Jesus said as it was was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. They'll be eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. And would it look like the whole outfit, even the very imagination, and the whole earth was corrupt. The devil looked up and said, hey God, give me a man. I got a challenge. And God said, I'll meet that challenge. Said, you see that old fellow right on there? Said, he sang an amazing grace. Hallelujah. And his name is Noah. And the Bible said, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Somebody said, I thought Greece was only for now. No. Noah found it in the dark age before the flood. The Andalusian world knew that Noah was a man of faith, and he moved up here, and he was God's man to prepare an ark for the saving of his household. Another God had a man in that blessed, but it says, in the days, as it was, so shall it be. I was talking to a man the other day, and he said it was heathenism. I said, we've got heathenism in Atlanta, Georgia. Why, this nation one day will have to have missionaries to come to preach to us, because America is going heathen. There are three marks, three marks of heathenism. Number one, there's the mark of heathenism, disrespect for women. You precious ladies here tonight, God bless you. You remember, you're the most blessed women in all the world. You ought to kiss the ground and thank the Lord. So what God's given you as a Christian woman and a woman here in North Georgia. Brother, that's a blessing. I believe that. But you say, what else? Not only disrespect for women, but secondly, heathenism in music. Brother, some, listen. Some of you listen to that old rock and roll, junk on the radio and TV or whatever it is. God help you. I want to tell you something, mister. It'll It'll drive you insane. It'll drive you nuts. One lady in Georgia, down in Atlanta, Georgia, told me when I got through preaching one night, she said, my boys, part of the monkeys. I said, you better tell them to stop because they'll end up at the top of a coconut tree, bless God, if they follow that outfit. And when you hear all this music that you hear of in this day, bother it's pitiful. They'll run you crazy. Y'all, did you ever hear amazing grace in the wee hours in the morning? You ever hear that? Oh, listen music that's got God on it, that brother will soothe you and bless you and stir you. I was going up last week one night and a preacher reached over in his nice new car and he pushed the tape in and I heard something like this. There is... And I said, that's orchard. 
He said, yeah, just listen to it. He said, don't it sound good? I said, it does. Even if it is, Archie, praise God. And it's singing up. Oh, there is a fountain. And you know but I'll tell you what's the truth is pitiful. The music that some churches have today in their, in their congregations and in their services. They say we've got to get a rock and roll band. Whoever told you you've got to get a rock and roll band. And they say, brother, we've got to appeal to the young people. You'd better sing those old hymns. And let those that sing live what they sing and bless what they bless. I believe that, bless God. I believe that tonight. All this business are running around saying we've got to change and get that beat. That beat's driven many a young person out into sin and dope. And into the world, that beat, as you call it, it's an awful thing. There's a fellow out in Oklahoma. Here's my broadcast. And he writes to me and said, Preacher, I hear you. and said, you know, I have, I'm a derivator. And I, he said, i got an intercom in my barns. And I play sweet music. Oh, he said, did you know that sweet music? I didn't know this. I don't even think about do, fa, sol, la, mi, ti, do. I don't even think about that. But he told me, he said, preacher, I play, play soft music. And he said, when I play soft music, the cows give sweeter milk. And I didn't know that. Did you know that? Some of y'all ought to go home and get you a good soft record. Take it out there and say, Daisy, your milk's going to be 5% more butter than that. Do you hear this? And bless God, he told me. He said, Brother Mays, in my letter, he said, my cows give sweeter milk because of music. And you know what I wrote him? I said, dear brother, don't put an Evelyn's Press Presley record on. They'll be giving Blue John before dark. Say amen. Oh! Heathenism in this day and hour. And heathenism in this time in which we live. It's a sad thing. There's something else about it. Oh, this land which we... And this it was in the days of Noah. My friend, they're lawless. It reminds me of that last verse over in the book of Judges. And it said, every man did that which is right in his own eyes. No restraint. No guidance. Listen, no discipline. And I want to tell you, when I was a young boy... You didn't stand up and spit at your daddy and tell him you wasn't coming in. <laughs> if you started that, it's home sweet home before time. Somebody said, well, Brother Reese, what did your daddy do about the generation gap? He had a belt wide enough to fill that gap. He didn't have to worry about that. My heavenly days. I want to tell you something. Like, and I hear somebody say, preacher. Oh! And then we'll forget when I was a little boy, about 14 or 15. I said, I'm going to leave. And daddy said, you are? And I said, yeah. And he opened the door and said, hit the road and don't come back. I got three blocks down the road. I turned around and came back. I tell you, oh, you say, brother me. So I never will forget. I think I told this Sunday. I went to the preacher, and you don't know him, but he's a big tall fellow, had a mustache, and he talked a big, deep, big voice. And me, this preacher went to a cafeteria with his little boy. And the door was open. As we sat down, and he said, Barry, close the door. And his little boy said, I'll not do it. And he said, Barry, you close that door. He said, I'll not do it. He said, Barry, you close that door. I said, brother, just would you lend him to me for about five minutes? He said, what would happen? I said, you'd go in the door slamming business, bless God, if you'd lend him. Oh, just lend him to me a few 
But just as sure as your name's what it is. And in that day when it looked like that the whole world was corrupt, there was a man named Noah that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Brother, God is always met the challenge. Don't you fret about it. God's always met the challenge. Back in the days of Egyptian bondage, when it looked like the taskmasters had control and God's people were gone, the devil came said, yeah, I've got a man now. And God said, I'll lead you down here by the Nile River and show you a little box out there, a little ark. And in that ark's a little baby. And he'll, <laughs> you're going to take care of him and you're going to feed him. And when he gets old enough, he'll look that old girl yours in the face and say, I've decided to go with God. And so he took him out there and he showed him that little old ark. And it means drawn out one. And here was Moses. God's men for that hour. Aren't you glad, my friend, when you think about it? God had a man to lead his people out of bondage and out of Egypt. And brother, when the hour gets dark, God's always had a man to lead his people out of Egypt. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a great blessing that is. Let's come quickly. In the days of Nebuchadnezzar, it looked mighty dark when that big image... And boy, that's a picture of the one world church. Are you listening? And they put it up there and they said, Preacher, if you don't do right, we'll cut your annuity foot off. <laughs> and if you don't do right, we'll cut you off. And you'll not be able to have a retirement fund. Now, let me give you something, folks. If God fed you when you was 25, He's able to feed you, bless God. When you're 75, if He calls you, when you are 25, He can call you when you're 75. And you don't have to worry about that. Say amen right there. You know what's going Well, I believe that. The devil came along and said, All right, boys, stock up. And the flute said, And the cornet. And boy, they got the jazz and that thing. And every old compromising bird around there got down. And the Lord's standing there. And the devil said, you got a man? <laughs> Lord said, I'm going to use the multiplication table on you this time. Take a gander. Throw three boys standing right there. Said, bless God. That they won't be in. They won't die. And they won't burn. Said the three men. They'll stand in the day of the fire. And bless God, they gave him another chance. But let me tell you, devil's waste his time. I give him some men the second chance. I believe there are a few men left in America that sold out to God in the Bible. And to righteousness. And of the gospel, and they're not turning back, Mr. Oh, sir, it's pitiful today. And some won't go, but I tell you before I go, I find a little preacher and he begins to cry. He said, if it costs me my family mace, if it costs me my church, if it costs me my health, I'm going with God. Hallelujah. God, it's good when you find a man sold out and said, I'll sell out to God and I'll go all the way. But you know what they did? They started playing, but they wouldn't dance to the devil's music. And bless God, there's three Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego that said, we're going to stand. We're going to stand. When that old preacher laid his head, hands on my head. There's 19 of them that day in Hendersonville, North Carolina, in the mountains. That Lyston came up and laid his hands on my head and said, Maze, if I thought you'd ever deny old term religion, or deny the blood of the book of the blessed hope. I wouldn't put my hands on you. But he said, I'm going to breathe the Holy Ghost on you. And something hit me in the top of the head and went plumb out my toes. You say it didn't happen. You wasn't there. You don't know what happened. I want to tell you something, brother. You talk about God being real. He was real. And I said, I'm not bowing to the furnace of fire. But they took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he did that thing seven times hard. But you know God's got an invisible suit. He can put on his young and say, Amen. 
Glory to God, you don't always see everything with a natural eye. And they were cast into that fire, and the king got worried. Why did he get worried? That fire scorched and burned up those that threw him in. Why was he worried? But they opened up the front of that thing. He said, way off from the heat, and said, hey, can't you fellas count? I said to throw three men in the midst of the burning fire and said, something's gone wrong. He said, first, all three of them are loose and one of them's behind them, fan them, bless God, and he looks like the Son of God. You say, Brother Mays, you don't know his fandom. This is what John said. And he that cometh after me is mightier than I who has a fan in his hand. And bless God, I want to tell you something. The Lord Jesus has got a fan in his hand and he'll blow in the you don't have to worry about it, sister. Glory to God, you don't have to worry about it. And you know what? It's air conditioned in the midst of that fire. And the only thing they lost was the ropes that bound them. And they wouldn't bow. They wouldn't burn. And then on down the Old Testament ends. You know how the Old Testament ends? with a curse. A curse! First says a curse. But there's always that been that challenge. Give me a man! God's always met that demand. 400 silent years Devils plugged up heaven. 400 silent feet, and nothing had been heard. Then one day down with the Jordan River, came an old boy wiping honey out of his mouth and sugar cane out of his hair, and he had a double-bladed axe, and he said, I'm going chopping. Hallelujah. I'm headed off to do a little chopping and prepare the way. And I want to tell you something. Everybody got in the way. They just got chopped down. That's all. Brother, he went to chopping. Why, one old... Lady came down there, and she said, King, you, you, why, get rid of him. And I'm glad John didn't compromise. He didn't say, it's all right, steal your brother's wife. He didn't say, it's all right, you raise a devil, live in adultery. He didn't say that. He said, it's not lawful. And brother, he stood. I'm glad his name was John. I called him God's bulldozer. Hallelujah. He just bulldozed that thing right on out. And somebody said, that's a highway there. He said, yeah, the kings are coming out. Oh! Preparing a highway. The king's coming. I'm preparing the highway. And then one day John's down there to Jordan. Boy, he's waiting out there about knee deep. I don't believe he ever stuttered. I don't believe he ever had a stutter. I don't believe John ever quivered. But that day I believe his lips started to move a little. And I believe he started to cry. And somebody pushed him and said, go on, finish that. John John said, wait a minute. Look over yonder. And about that time, I hear that devil say, hey! Give me a man! And old John said, Come here, bud. Stick your nose right across over yonder. And then about that time, I'm glad, praise the Lord, that John raised his hand. And John said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Here's your man. His name is Jesus. He's the Son of God. He is the one that you've been asking for. I'm glad. Hallelujah. Somebody said, Who was it that John saw? Let me give you four descriptions of it. You say, Brother Mace, who was it? The challenge of the angel said, give me a man. And he'd been waiting for that moment when the Son of God was to come. And in the fullness of time, he came the first time. And in the fullness of time, he's coming the second time. And don't you worry, he won't be late. He'll be on time, praise the Lord. And you don't have to worry about now Watch this. You say, who was it that John saw first? He saw the same one Isaiah saw. Hey, Isaiah waited the funeral and took him to church. Now, that's foolish. Don't you wait till some casket has to pull you down the aisle and get 
or some of your lovers get you to church. But the Bible said in the year King Messiah died, Isaiah went to the temple. And you know what he saw? Bless God, he didn't see one of these little hippie Jesus. You listen to me. I don't believe in a hippie Jesus. Cool cat. You say, who do you believe in? Like he was at Caesarea Philippi. And they said, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah, and some say this. All of the prophets. But Jesus looked him in the face, and he said, but whom do ye say I the son of man? And old Simon Peter may have had a lot of faults, but he looked him in the face, and he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed art thou, Simon Marjorie, flesh and it's not revealed this under thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now watch this. And Isaiah was in there and he looked up. And he saw the Lord lifted up. He's still lifted up. I don't care how this world tries to drag him down. Mister, he's still on the throne. If you don't get anything out of my message, remember this. That God is still on his throne. And they cried, holy. That scare has you Baptist to death right there. Say amen. Holy, holy, holy. And he saw him, and he said, Woe is me. And he was afraid. And brother, he said, I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. My lips are unclean. And he saw the holiness of the one that sat upon that throne. And he said to you, my friend, that was the same one that John the Baptist saw when he raised his hand and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Who? Give me a man. It was the same one that king saw when he bowed down and looked in that face and said, Oh, wait a minute. I see one like the Son of God. Listen to me. Lady said to me one night, I said, How do you know? He looked like Jesus or the Son of God. I said, If you ever see him, you'll know. Glory to God. If you ever get a glimpse of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll know him above everything else. Hallelujah. Listen. And he said, the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Listen, who did he see? Saw the answer of this and listen to me. I like this. He's a deacon full of faith and power and the Holy Ghost. Isn't that good? Listen, we need some people, brother, today that are full of faith and power and the Holy Ghost. We need some men that are filled with God and running over with God. We need men, the deacons, that are filled with God. One lady down out of Alabama told me one night, she said, Brother Meese, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And she had stuff run out the mouth. I said, Yes, ma'am. I see it run out the corner of your mouth. Say amen right there. <laughs> Lord God, help us these days. Oh, listen, God's not going to fill a vessel that's not clean. We need to recognize that. God's not going to fill a vessel until it, it's empty. And when Seth goes, God, I'll fill that vessel. It's overflowing. What a blessing it is. Now you watch this. And I like this. Stephen stood out there at the gate. He said, you bunch of hypocrites. He said, you stiff-necked. You resist the Holy Ghost even as your fathers resist the Holy Ghost. And brother, they got angry. You get on some of this modern-day pride in some of these churches, and you get on some of these stiff necks, and you get on some of this little elite crowd, and you begin to dig up their tater patch, and I'll get here that now. You talk about stirring a hornet's nest. Brother, you'll stir a hornet's nest. Don't listen to me. And he said, I want to tell you something. You can do what you please, but I'm going to preach to you one time. And they stopped up their ears, and they gnawed on him. He's not the first man of God that people gnawed on. Say amen. 
Some of y'all know when a preacher every time you leave the church on Sunday to go home, you have preacher for dinner every Sunday, and you chew on the man of God. Listen, the Bible said, touch me up, man, I don't need that. Do my prophets no harm. And we better not touch the man of God. And ignore them. And you know what the book says? It said they started throwing him. And both of us hit him every way. And you know what happened? Here's what happened. He went down on one knee. He went out on another knee. I can see him. And he looks up. And you know who he saw? Woo! He saw the same one that John the Baptist saw. And you know what happened? Jesus said, I'm going to stand up. I'm always seated right here, but I'm standing up for old Stephen. Because a hero's coming home. Hallelujah. And brother, the Bible said that Stephen saw the Lord Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Don't you know that encore was blessed? Oh, don't you know when Stephen looked up there? No wonder his face shone like that of an angel. No wonder, brother, it's a beautiful scene. You say, preacher, who did John see? When the answer came back, give me a man John saw. The same one that's beloved John, the one that leaned on Jesus' bosom. Let me ask you something. Have you been close enough to Jesus lately to hear his heartbeat? Have you been close enough to go to sleep on his bosom? I was a little boy. I used to go to sleep on my dad's shoulder and chest. And he could take me out of the car. And oh, I wouldn't move because I could sleep on his bosom. I'm glad, brother, we can get close enough to Jesus. He'll say, lay your head over here, my child, and just lean and rest on the bosom of God. It's blessed to rest on the bosom of God. The Bible said John was on the Isle of Patmos, not because he got drunk, not because he stole somebody's wife, and not because he robbed the bank, but he's there for the Word of God and for the testimony that he had. And the Word of God said he's in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He wasn't down at the coast and he wasn't up at the mountain. Say amen right there. Bless God, he is in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he heard a trumpet and he said he talked to him and he said, I believe I'll turn and see what's going on. And bless God, he turned around and you know who he saw? He saw the same one John saw. But he said, I saw him walking in the midst of seven golden candlesticks. Had seven stars. Preachers sitting right faster than his right hand. And his hair was white as snow. And his eyes a flame of fire, and he had a golden girdle, and his feet as fine brass, and his voice sounded like the rolling of many waters. And John said he frightened me when he walked over toward me, and I fell as a dead man. And he came over and laid his right hand on me, and put that hand on me and said, Fear not. I like that. Fear not. I'm he that was dead, but am alive forevermore. I'm the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning of the end. Fear not! Fear not! Fear not! Fear not! And that's who he saw. The same one that John the Beloved saw. Let me give you this and I close. He saw the same one Moses saw. And I want to tell you, friend, Moses had a lot of mountaintop experiences and Moses had a lot of valley experiences. Brother and people chewing on him one day and the next day they're trying to make a king out of him. And it's hard when you find fickle people that won't stand with you. I'd rather have six old-fashioned saints that love God and hold up my hands and pray for me and stand for me than 10,000 that you can't tell whether in or out, up and down. Oh, it's good to have some folks that love God. Listen to me. The Bible said Moses started out of Egypt. Boy, I imagine many times he said, I'm going back, God. I just don't believe I can make it. And the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 11, he endured not fearing the wrath of the king. For he saw him 
Who's invisible? You say, who did John see? He saw the I am that Moses saw when he said, Son, I'll lead you right out of here. And I'll take care of Pharaoh. And I'll take care of Pharaoh's army. And I'll show you that I'm still God and I'll lead you out of Egypt's bondage. Somebody said, Preacher, did he do it? He sure did. And many times he got to that place. He couldn't go. And then the Lord said, Look up. I'll show you him who's invisible. I'll show you the man that came, the God-man, the conquering man. And brother, you wait a minute. One of these days, King Jesus will put his white flag down on this earth, and every knee's going to bow, and every tongue's going to confess, and bless God, he'll take over whether you want him to take over or not. And he's going to be the King of kings, and he's going to be the Lord of lords. And it's wonderful to know that. Now watch this. He said he saw him who's invisible. He said, the devil knocked me down. I'd get up and, well, God, I'll quit. He said, about that time, I'd see him who's invisible. I'd say, glory to God, I'm going on, devil. I'm going on, devil. I'm not stopping. I've seen the man. I know the man. I've heard the cry of the answer of that man. Let me give you this. I have a lot of preacher friends, and I thank God for every one of them. I had one once, and brother, he had a hard time. I mean, a hard time. I went with him and helped him in a revival one time. His wife was drinking whiskey. And he told me, he said, Mays, I'm good mind to quit. But said, God called me and said, I was married to a lost wife. He said, I'm having a time. And I said, well, I know what the Bible says about it. God help you. And he had it rough. And he tell me, Mays, I, I go in and open my Bible and read the Word of God. He said, she'll come and grab my Bible and tear the pages out and spit on me. And I said, well, you know what she needs? She needs a good whipping about once a month. Say amen right there. Amen. Now, some of you ladies won't like that, but that's what a woman like that needs. Now, you put that down. Bless God, she needs a good old-fashioned licking once in a while. But he told me, he said, Preacher, God's so bad. And I told her, I said, now listen, I've gone through enough hell. And I've waited blood. And I've slept out there on the porch night after night in the cold. And I couldn't say anything because I was a preacher, but I want to tell you something. He said, I'm going to go in that little room tonight, that Saturday night. He said, I'm going to open my Bible up. And I'm going to get down on my knees and start reading that word. And I'm going to tell God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for calling me. But God, I'm throwing in the towel tonight. I'm going back. I can't go on any farther. And he said, Mays, while I was in there, she stood in front of the door and shot with a pistol. Said, open up! He said, I wish you'd have killed me. I wish you'd have killed me. And then he said, another hour, and 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Three o'clock, four o'clock. He said at four fifteen. I reached over and I said, Well, it's over, God. I I love you, but I'm not gonna preach anymore. And he said, just as I closed my Bible, I looked up and I saw him standing there. And he said, You know, preacher, I set my face toward Jerusalem. And I knew they'd know me, and I knew they'd crucify me, and I knew what they had, but I didn't turn back. And he said, I opened that door and went in there and jerked my wife out of bed and said, Sister, you can raise all the hell you want to. I'm going with God and preach this word. She said, What's the matter? What have you seen? He said, I saw the same one that Moses saw. Then he said, He saw him who's invisible. I'm glad God said, Give me a man. And God said, I'll give you a man. It's blessed to be that man. It's blessed to go with God. It's blessed to have God's power. It's blessed to answer the challenge. It may be a little church. 
And it may be a small evangelist, but you say from this night, Oh, I'll be God's man, I'll be God's woman. Lord, I'll answer the call. I'll answer the challenge. I'll be that man for Jesus Christ. Ever hit by the right close. Give me a man. Now that was back in the days of David and Saul. Back in the days of Samuel. That was back in the days when it was dark. Just like it's now. It's dark tonight. But bless God, the light's going to break through one of these mornings. And if you are saved and if you are right with God, listen to me tonight. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, God wants you to answer the challenge of a dark world when the world says, give me a man. You can say, God, let me be that man to answer the devil's challenge now. You can say, God, let me be that woman that will answer the devil's challenge and be that man. You can say, God, let me be that boy or girl. I want to be the girl for Jesus, the boy for Jesus. I'll go and stand in the gap wherever it is, God. I'll be that person you want me to be. God has a plan for every person in this house. I don't care who you are, friend. Listen to me. Listen, 147 preachers, and I'm sure some were not counted. And I want to say this, and I mean it from the deep of my heart. I feel the least of God's men. But I found a place one day called the sweet will of God for Brother Mays. And I haven't always had been easy. I've gone many times. I look back and see Brother Joe sitting back there. He used to come and I first started preaching it. Pray for me. Lay his hands on me. Took my little old boys when they were just babies and dedicated them to God. We've gone and gone and gone. There are a lot of things I haven't done, but I've tried to be God's man. I've tried to be God's man in Atlanta, Georgia. I've tried to be God's man in Osaka, Georgia. I've tried to stand where God wanted me to stand. Now, and I believe God's got a place for every person in this house. The challenge is still ringing. Give me a man, give me a woman, give me a boy, give me a girl. You say, but my family. Oh, I know, but God will be there. You can see him who's invisible. And he'll give you grace to go on, fight the battle, do what you ought to for God. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.